Welcome to another Talanoa Talk Now podcast, hosted and brought to you by the American Samoa Alliance Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. Welcome once again, everyone, to another Talanoa Talk Now podcast. I am Judy Mataptia, the training coordinator uh, for the Alliance. And today we are updating or doing a follow-up with Mana Community Support Services to find out um, what's been happening lately. It's been a while, Liz. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yes, it has. <laughs> it has. <laughs> Quite some time. <laughs> Quite some time now. But I know you've been busy. What has <clears throat> Mana, uh, Mana Community um, Support Services, what have they been up to? I recently um, got on um, board with a caregiving services mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. um so now i'm we're providing care for um families uh who have individuals or um elderly um individuals who um need um special care so what we do is um we help them the family get some time off you yeah, know yeah. away from their you know regular um schedule and just kind of like breathe uh-huh. Because a lot, it, it takes a lot to to care for somebody who um, is really ill, uh-huh. and so um, so as caregivers, we come in and we take over that responsibility, either for a day or um, sometimes it's uh, the whole week. But um, yeah, it's just regular caregiving, uh, mm-hmm. giving medication, making sure that you know you yeah. you make their meals, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, helping them shower, helping them put on their clothes. You know, um, there's different different levels uh, for each uh, client yeah. um, that we care for. So depending on uh, what the need is for that client, then we look for a caregiver that can provide that service for them. Um, oh, and okay. it gives the family a break from, um, you know, yeah, con- yeah. Uh, always, you know, 24 seven taking care of their loved ones. And also it helps them, it gives them a peace of mind, helps build their relationship as family members, you know, so that when they see their loved one who's struggling, they're not so agitated all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it is, um, it takes a lot out of a person. And with the caregiving services, you really have to have the heart for it. Mm, mm. And if you don't have the heart for it, you, you shouldn't go into it, you know? If you mm-hmm. don't like to take care of um, people and just be around people, then this is not the work for you. <laughs> mm. uh, like you, you were saying, it's it's not an easy job, and you have to have the heart to do this kind of work. Um, so this is one of the services that Mana Health, uh, that uh, Mana Community Support Services is providing for the community, right? As part of the right. advocacy work that you do, part of the work that you do in support of the community, um, um, especially like in mental health issues. So that's um, part of the services that you provide as a service provider, right? Right, right. So that's one of the services that we provide. Uh Uh Um, But we also provide counseling for um, individuals with mental health disorders and even drug addiction. Some of them have dual diagnoses. And so it's a drug or alcohol and and then a mental health um, issue. And so we counsel those individuals or we support them through the process 
on how to stay clean uh-huh. and also to keep their own mental stability and be able to uh, uh, be able to empower them to do things on their own, but but in a positive way. Um, how does one get in touch with anyone or w- with you if they're interested in these services? I I give my number out. It's it's my um, my advocacy phone number, <laughs> okay. out, which is um. Uh, 272 3203. Mm-hmm. And then there's my email, um, my ELO um, 02324 at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And so they can either uh, contact me uh, through my email or my phone number. But I also have a, um, a FB page um, called Mana Community Support Services. Okay. So the information is also on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they can contact me. They can get the information through there as well. Do you do referrals? As, as a caregiver, I, I want to be able to work together with other caregivers because I can't handle everything on my own. Collaboration, you know, yeah. Nobody can. So mm-hmm. collaborating with other caregivers and also other services um, that we have in our community. There are some things that I cannot do yes. or that I don't under, have much understanding about. Uh-huh. And so... If I know a service that um, that can help this individual better or family better, then yeah, I will yeah. definitely refer them to that service. But it takes a lot. It takes that's that's a strength to me. That's a strength knowing knowing your skills, right? Knowing knowing right. your strengths uh, is, mm-hmm. is 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 helps the client. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. I mean, because I've come across other services, you know, I mean, I think in the beginning of my advocacy work, you know, when I wanted to see uh, certain individuals, um, you know, and I would call the services that they used in and try to get, you know, um, a little bit um, of background because that person came to me and, you know, it was like, no, that's, he belongs to me, you know, it's like they own that person, mm. you know, once they come to them. And for me, it's not about ownership. It's about helping him develop and, and be better in recovery, whatever that looks like, you know, mm. and if I'm not able to help him in any way, then why am I going to hold on to him? I would rather give him to somebody where he can uh, get the help that he needs and so that he can recover a lot faster. What are some of the challenges? Um, what do you think are some of the challenges for our people, for us as Samoans, um, in getting care services outside of the family? You have to have an open mind because a lot of the time, taking care of a loved one in your family can be mm-hmm. a lot of work and that can stress you out. And yeah. if you don't know how to manage your stress level, it you might do more harm than good to your loved ones, even yes. though you don't mean to. Elder abuse is different from uh, caregiving, but um, uh, it does also share concept of um, of caring for people at home, at home, right? Um, and yeah. not not outside services, but caring for people at home. And as mm-hmm. Samoans, um, we are being, um, there's the stigma, um, there is judgment, um, on, on, on people that are not able to care for their, for their own parents or their loved ones, but have to put their loved ones in a home or even have someone else come and care for them at their own homes. You will be judged. You will be, um, you know, uh, there will be stigma saying that you're unable, you know, mm-hmm. to care for your parents. But the right? fact is... They are able to care for their parents. You know, they're giving their parents 
you know, to somebody who can better, yeah, better care for their loved ones. So that that way they aren't, they don't get frustrated, you know, because the more you're frustrated, you're going to take it out on somebody. And half Mm -hmm. of the time it's on the person that, Mm -hmm. you know, can't do anything for themselves, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, (laughs) And so um, the stigma there is, um, you know, as Samoans, you know, we're supposed to take care of our own. Yes, mm-hmm. we are supposed to take care of our own. And that's another way to take care of our own. Yes. It doesn't really have to be family taking mm-hmm. care, but taking them to a place where they can get the better care, you know. So advocating for those um, those uh, those individuals who are those elderly that are being abused as well is mm-hmm. one of the things that I... I, I always try to speak up when I when I know something's happening and I report it, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. as a caregiver, you are, um, you know, you have that sense that, you know, if you see something's wrong, you've got to say something, otherwise it's going to continue to happen. And it may even escalate to, to where a person really gets hurt, yes, you know, yes, yes. and can't I, come back from that. Um, having to care for your parents at home and then um, when there's elder abuse, right? Uh, according to research, uh, most of the, the, the abusers are families, relatives of the elder, um, and many a times it's the children, right? Um, or the relatives that are caring for the, for the parents. And so when, there's, um, so when there's this abuse, that even makes it more challenging for any outside services to come in, like or even outside um, or even advocacy. Right an advocate to come in and support, even when they, mm-hmm. they, there's elder abuse that they're, um, you know, they're seeing signs of elder abuse, but when it's within the family, it's, it makes it even, that's another barrier for outside support to come in and help them because, um, because it's coming from outside, looking into the, the family. Right. And of course the family right. unit is supposed to be the preserve, the protection, yeah, you know, right. for this person. And so I think why are, um, caregiving service is important and and needed here in Samoa when families prefer to care for their loved ones. And I know you've mentioned a couple of reasons. Are there any other reasons why caregiving services um, are, are considered important and are needed here in Samoa, even though our families prefer to care for our own loved ones? It does allow that for them to go to work, you know, and if they have a, you know, a big family and and only one person is working, Mm -hmm. you know, that makes it stressful as well, you know, and financial, you know, I think most of the um, elder abuse that I've seen here um, is usually a lot of them have been financial abuse and Mm -hmm. some of them have been physical abuse. And I think that's why it's important um, for caregivers, for us to have caregivers here in American Samoa. Yes. Having certified caregivers who can who know what to do, you know, mm-hmm. in situations where the family may not know what to do, like when they have a seizure or something like that, you know, um, or they need to have their shots given to them, um, the medication, you know, and making sure you log everything down, you know, because as a caregiver, we have a log book that we log everything down, document the times of the medication that we give mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. you know, the blood pressure, you know, yep. it's knowing all of that and also how um, that certain elderly or person that you're caring for, what their needs are and helping them, you know, with, with whatever um, they need, um, like showering or, yes, you know, yes. um, sometimes that 
can be a lot for some of the family members or, yeah, you know, yeah. um, to do, um, you know, and so uh, caregivers are actually hired. Some of them, um, they do the cooking, the cleaning, yes. you know, during the day, you know, uh, while the family is out working. Yes. And, you know, so that way they don't have to worry about their loved ones not eating all day or, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. because they have a certified caregiver there that has a list of duties that they need to take care of mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for that um, individual uh, uh, client. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot of these caregivers um, also provide meals like they cook and clean. Huh? Yes. Um, and, and it's yes. all, and I think a lot of people don't see it that way. Like a lot of people would be saying, would see it in a way where, oh, they're caregiving also, as well as um, they're also doing um, uh, housekeeping. But I, I don't see it that way. I see them cooking, cleaning. It's all part of the services for the clients. Because if the client is not living in a clean environment, they could get catch something mm -hmm. a lot faster and make them yes. a lot worse and mm -hmm. more sick. Um, being able to recognize those things and and um, you know making sure that they have a clean place to stay, to sleep, you know um, the the bathrooms are clean, you know, yes. and stuff like that, so that there's no germs taken from one room to the other. Hand washing is very important in caregiving, um, you know, from the beginning of the shift to the end of the shift, you're washing your hands constantly. Keep the area clean where, mm -hmm. the, where the client is, because some clients have allergies to certain foods mm -hmm. um, or is on a special diet. And yes. so knowing what kinds of food that they can eat and being able to, to prepare it in a way that they, um, that the client will be able to eat it. What are some of the wellness tools that you, Liz, use as caring for the caregiver? You know, self-care. For me, water does a lot of um, good for me. Um, I feel like the water refreshes me, um, you know, to a point where um, every time I'm in water, it just totally wipes out every stressful thing that happened during the day. You know, it's mm -hmm. like washing away the, the stress. And, and then also I journal. I like to journal, okay. you know, writing it down and then mm -hmm. rereading it and, you know, going yeah. back and seeing where, you know, um, what happened in this day during this time and how come I felt that way and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. then learning new ways to deal with those um, things that come up that I wasn't able to uh, process during that time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, wow. And then knowing when to reach out, you know, if you're too stressed with um, caregiving, learning yourself, your strengths, and um, what you need. Because if you're not well, how can you take care of somebody else mm. um, to your fullest? Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, I, I found myself, you know, I find myself calling when I'm stressed out so that I can get some kind of um, advice or talk. What are the mental impacts of caring for for someone with uh, memory loss or someone with dementia or an, an elder person? Um, does it have any, are there any mental, um, that's what I should ask actually, are there any mental impacts on you? Does it, um, does it affect you in any way or as a caregiver? I think, I think for me, because I, I do have a, a mental health diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, so some things are triggering. Mm -hmm. um, but it's learning how to um, manage my triggers 
-hmm. so that I don't take it out on um, my, on the, the client that I'm working with. Yeah, the patient. Um, and sometimes, you know, I do have to step back mm -hmm. and just do my breathing. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm good again, I go back, um, you know, and talk to them. And, um, you know, a lot of the times because uh, some of them, you have to reintroduce yourself um, like so many times a day, you know, because they forget, mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, sometimes they think you're there to rob them. And so it's trying to calm them down and, yes. you know, you know, and not, you know, just yelling back at them just because yes. they're yelling at you, you yes. know, so it's um, being able to look them in the eye and just doing breathing techniques, you know, and just talking to them softly. Yes. so that they understand that you're there to help them and you're not there to hurt them. Caregiving is no a lot of patience. Yeah. Caregiving, um, you need a lot of patience because if yes. you if you don't have patience, then it isn't for you. So yes. just knowing who, you're, who you are and what your strengths are and what you can provide, I think is the best um, way you can help somebody else, you know? And if you're not able to help them, you know, refer them to a service that can. Yeah. Sometimes... Yeah. Um, I and that's, and that's you helping. That's you helping yeah. them. Yeah, right. Just by referring right. them. Right? Uh -huh. We don't and see it that I way. Sometimes I double up, you know, because uh, sometimes um, they they need some of the services that I provide, but they mm -hmm. also need a different service for something else that they yes. need. So yes. I refer them to another agency yes. to, for, the, for a different service. And then I team up with that agency and we work together on this client uh -huh. so that they can better have a better chance of recovery or whatever yeah. help they, they need yeah. yeah if you don't have the heart for this type of work or the patients you can't get into this type of work because a lot of things will you know will trigger you yes. you know and it's all about heart uh -huh. you're there to help somebody because you care uh -huh. you know you want to help them be better or you know to help them recover in some way you know or to help prolong their life Mm -hmm. You know, and half of the time, um, caregivers, some caregivers don't understand that, you know, and they take it out on the patient or they yell at the, you know, at the patient when mm -hmm. they need to be patient and just talk to the patient. Because half mm -hmm. of the time, it's about letting the patient know that what you're doing, because mm -hmm. they don't, they don't understand half of the time. And so they get confused. We should never cross the line of even becoming physical in any way, you know, um, with um, the person that we're caring. This was, uh, this was very informative. Just um, you talking about your work um, is giving, is giving us shedding light on, on, on the work you do. Just listening to a Samoan caregiver taking care of another patient um, versus what we have here in Samoa, where, where many of our, uh, our families, our, our loved ones are being taken care of, of at home. Uh, and and it still works, right, Liz? Yeah, caregiving yeah, still works, work. even though we're in yeah. a community, we're in a setting or uh, a cultural setting where where uh, we prefer to take care of our own uh, our own loved ones. But even though people are taking care taken care of outside of the home, it still works, right? Yes, yes, it okay. definitely does. Yeah. And it takes a lot of weight off of the family as well, mm -hmm. and then there's mm -hmm. caregiving in the home you know, with the family there for like private uh, caregiving, you know, there's a contract that, that um, we sign or we mm -hmm. have them draw up a contract mm -hmm. listing what our duties are 
and what we're supposed to be doing for that certain um, individual that we're oh. supposed to care for. It. So, um, so that contract protects me as a caregiver, but it mm -hmm. also protects the family. Um, oh, okay. So it goes both ways. Now that you mentioned it, CPR, <laughs> CPR, that is the other disadvantage of being cared for at home because many of us at home do not know how to apply CPR, CPR. which right. is a and must. And as a certified caregiver, exactly. you are taught the CPR and you get your card for, for doing learning the CPR, you know, and so, um, you know, and even if you're caring for them at home, you know, and you have a caregiver come in that's certified, then you're, you're good to go because that caregiver should have, if, if they're certified, should have have had um, CPR training. It's not just the medication. It's not just the IVs. It's not, not you know, it's pressure. also CPR. Yeah. There's a lot of that yeah. stuff that yeah. we at home, thinking that when we care for our loved ones at home, that's enough. That's more mm -hmm. than enough. But we don't yeah. get all of this other stuff that's necessary and a right. must, and a must for i mean it it prolongs the life of our of, of our loved ones you know we take right. these things for granted mm -hmm. but um but yeah caregivers are certified people they're certified for um and i think the other thing is you know when a patient falls or you know um especially if they have a disorder with their bones or whatever mm -hmm. you know and they fall in you have to know how if you can get them up mm -hmm. you know or mm -hmm. just let them lay there and call mm -hmm. 911 you mm -hmm. know to come pick them up because yeah. sometimes um family members you know when a, when their loved ones calls they pick them up and they quickly you know, put them on the bed yeah exactly move but they sometimes move them. right sometimes that's not the best um mm -hmm. uh way to do it because yes. they could hurt they could hurt them even more mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it has more problems so mm -hmm. so as a certified caregiver um you're trained to to know all the things to do when a patient falls or um, if what their um, illness is and how to, you know, give them medication or how to give them their shots and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, my Lord lover, my Lord lover, thank you for doing what you do, Liz. Um, thank you, Mana Community Support Services for, for the support, the services um, that you provide um, for for those that are in need of care services. Today, we're able to um, have MANA Community Support Services share with us, um, take us into their work as caregivers um, and what to do, what not to do, what's good, what's not good, you know, and there are things that we think are good when in fact they're dangerous for the patients. So thank right. you for everything you do and, and, and for the work you do in support of our community, Liz. I do thank you, Liz. Um, Elizabeth Mailo of Mana Community Support Services for all the work she does in the community as a service provider, as an advocate um, for uh, victims of violence. That's another one of our talk on Telenor Talk Now, everyone. Um, we hope that you enjoyed our uh, discussion today with Liz. And um, for more information on today's podcast, please connect with us at the Alliance. I'm Judy. You can connect with me at 699-0272. Um, until the next podcast, soy for.
Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on the work of the Alliance, please call us at 684-699-0272 or send us an email at asadsv at gmail.com. Visit our website at www.asalliance.co or our Facebook page at the American Samoa Alliance Against Domestic and Sexual Violence. Thank you. Facebook Ole American Samoa Alliance Against Domestic and Sexual Violence, Faftai.